Welcome to the Innovation Squadcast. If you're looking for a podcast about instructional strategies enhanced by technology, you came to the right place. In our conversations, we'll talk to tech experts, share ideas, and strategies to help you build your toolbox with tools that you can use in your class immediately. Welcome back to the Innovation Squadcast. I'm Lindy Valachek. And I'm Pam Hubler. And today we're going to talk about Google refreshers because you, if anybody knows Pam and I, mm-hmm. we are super, super Google nerds and yes. love to talk about Google. So today we're going to talk about all the things we love about Google. We're going to remind everybody of some of those Google options that if you're not using them every day, you may forget about them. Also some other tips, tricks, and updates that Google has come out with here lately. So, and we have a shout out before we get started. Uh, Chelsea Murphy at Marrington Middle School said she was very excited about learning about Control K shortcut. Um, It's a time saver. So um, keep on listening and getting those tips from us. Yes. And thank you, Miss Murphy, for listening to our podcast. Up next is going to be our quick tip of the day, which is Google Form font options. So let's check that out. (laughs) This week's tech tip is with Google Forms. You now have the ability to adjust the font sizes and also the font styles. So when you go to Google Form, you will click Customize Theme. That pulls up a window that has your text style for header, your text style for question, and your text style for text. You can change the style of each one to the font that you want to have. You can also adjust the sizes up to 24 font for the header, 18 for the question, and 12 for the text. So that just adds some more customizability to Google Forms. All right, so one of the tips on the Chromebooks are the screen recording from the menu. A lot of people think you have to use the keys to do the screenshot, but you can actually go down into the right-hand corner of the Chromebook, click on that menu bar, and then it'll give you, like right there in the middle, the option to do screen recording or screenshot, and now you're not having to remember those keys, although I love some shortcuts, Mm -hmm. but now you don't have to remember the keys. That's an awesome feature. I have to give Phil a shout out to, I learned something new the other day about the Chromebook. Did you all know that you can use the camera feature in the Chromebook and scan a document? I didn't know that. Yes, I didn't either. Phil That's showed awesome. me that the other day. And so I think that if, I feel like if we definitely don't know that, then there's lots of people out there. So if you just go to the camera on your Chromebook and there's an option for a, a scan feature. And so your students can scan any document into the um, Chromebook and then attach the file. Nice. That'll be really helpful when it comes to turning things in in Schoology or whatever they're using. That'll be awesome. Yes. And then some of the accessibility features. um, The Chromebook itself has a lot of accessibility features. There are um, where you can have it read aloud to your students just from you don't need anything extra on the Chromebook. It's just right there again in that menu option down in the right hand corner. You can turn on the accessibility features very easily. When you click on accessibility, it'll give you a long list and there's tons of them. So definitely check them out. But some of my favorite are the dictation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the one that's speech to text um, where you can uh, speak and it will actually type it out for you. 
And the difference between that and what is in the Google Docs or Google Slides is that it doesn't matter what you're in. If you use that speech to text, it will start typing. Uh, the only thing is you do need to double check for grammatical um, errors because it doesn't always capitalize. And then you have to specifically say, you know, period for it to um, put a period. Mm -hmm. And then some of the more recent updates for accessibility features in Google Docs, Sheets, Slides, um, they're now have the option in their menu to turn on screen, re screen reader support, um, Braille, and if you need the screen magnifier support. So you're able to turn all of those features on right inside of your Google Docs, Sheets, Slides, draw all those different um, applications within Google. That's awesome. And that's going to be linked in the show notes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. We have awesome. got a lot of videos. So make sure you're checking out the show notes that we have linked all the videos. And we're also going to be pushing out several of these videos on our social media. So yes. All right. And then if we talk about Google Chrome, because when you're using a Chromebook, it's easy. That's what you're going to use. And then even on your laptops, um, Google Chrome, one of the things that we hear often is um, to start with the syncing profiles, because when you sign in and it pops up, say, you know, asking, do you want to link your account or sync it, whatever, then um, teachers are like, oh, am I allowed to do that? And yes, <laughs> go ahead and sync it because then all your bookmarks show up, the Berkeley County ones and the ones that you've add, added, whatever device you're on, it'll be the same. So if you use a Chromebook and you use a laptop, you want that to be the same. So that is um, super helpful to make sure you sync your profile. Absolutely. And then some of the other um, in the URL or the Omnibox, I love the shortcuts that you can use. You know, sometimes we don't have time to go to Google drive, mm -hmm. go to create a new doc. So if you just in your URL bar, type in docs period new or slides period new, and it's, it has, Google has it for all of their applications, then it pops up a new Google doc yes. um, without having to go to your Google drive. So definitely a time saver. That is a great time saver. Um, and then also um, the reverse image search. I've got to tell you, at first I didn't really see where this fit yeah, in education, yeah. but I had a teacher, a sixth grade teacher um, reach out last year and they were doing a, a plant unit and they were trying to identify what plants they were. And, um, and so we found the, the kids would take a picture and then put it inside the reverse image search and it would come up and it would tell them exactly what the plant was based off of their picture that they took. So that That's was awesome. really neat to be able to identify right. different things. I've used something like that on my phone where you can do, you know, where the lens, like Google right. Lens. So I guess it has the same kind of technology. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what she was hoping for. But because Chrome didn't, you couldn't use that on the Chromebook, right. she was trying to find an alternative. So. Nice. And then always voice search, um, especially with those younger kids. Sometimes kindergarten, first grade has a hard time um, typing. Mm -hmm. And so using that voice search button, it has that little microphone in the search bar. Right. Click on that little microphone and have your kids search for things. Um, and then Google Drive, which I love Google Drive. I don't know what to do without it. I always start in Google Drive for everything, even if I create something new. Um, but one of the things I think that we don't use very often is the priority page. Oh, that's my um, favorite page. Yes. I have to go to it to start. 
and it's it's such an easy way and we'll have we'll have some tips and videos linked in the show notes but when you're in your priority because sometimes that's like the default um i have my drive set as my default so i go to priority but you can choose which one you use um i love how along the top it uses um the smart settings or yes yes um, and then you can create the workspaces below. And I like that because then each year you have different things that you want to access. So um, I have like, let's see, four, five, six. I have six of them right now. But you can have eight different workspaces and then you can choose the files that go there. So I love that because then it's kind of like the, the quick access for all the things you're using all the time. Right. And that workspace, what I love about that is it's like a bookmark mm -hmm. within Google uh, Drive and it doesn't take anything out of any folder that you've right. put any of your um, Google stuff in. It just kind of bookmarks it. And then when you're done with that workspace, mm -hmm. then um, you can delete it and it doesn't do anything to any of your files. I kind of, uh, when we're doing, when we're working on like beginning of the year stuff, I right. create a, a workspace for beginning of the year and any documents that I'm going to need for until we're done with, with, um, beginning of the year stuff. Right. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. It is good for project management. And like, I know I have one that's Schoology for those things that we yes. get to all the time. And I have one for professional development. Um, so yeah, it's, it can be really personalized, which is nice. Yep. Absolutely. And then foldering. You're probably better at foldering than I am because my Google Drive is a hot mess. Um, but what are your favorite things on fold when you're creating folders? I think um, I usually I'll start with a folder. So if I know I'm going to be working, let's say like on one of those projects or if I'm working on um, Schoology assignments or something like that, I will start a folder that's actually called Schoology assignments and then just create from within there. Because then you don't have to worry about organizing later yes, and putting things into it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do the um, the new document like you were talking about before with the shortcut, um, that's awesome. But then you got to make sure that you yes. put it into a folder if you want to be able to find it easily um, without just searching in Drive. Um, and then the color coding. Um, yes, I've tried right click to do on that, that yes. folder. I've tried to use color codes like so that way I know this is green, this is, but that doesn't work for me. It might work for some people, but I guess <laughs> I just picked the prettiest color at the moment. Whatever your favorite color is. Exactly. Um, and then I think our, one of the tips that we shared recently where you can have documents in multiple folders. Yes. That I think was one of the newer things I learned that that's amazing because then you don't have to have it just in one folder. You can have it in multiple. Um, and that's just where you click um, shift and Z. So it's, I always want to do the control, but it's yes. not, that's undo. <laughs> <laughs> so shift Z, that's my favorite. So I can add it into multiple folders. And one of the other things I like about folders, um, you know, if they're in alphabetical order, sometimes that folder that you use all the time is mm -hmm. not the very first folder. So if you use numbers, I always have like one and then whatever the folder is, that way it orders it, that it goes to the front or right. you can use emojis. Uh, and then if you're using emojis, it also puts it at the front and it kind of makes it more noticeable. Mm -hmm. And here's a complete off topic tip. <laughs> um, but on your laptop, you can use the window button and the period. And that's your emoji keyboard that will pop up if you're using a laptop or even like a personal, a PC. Um, so I always forget about that one just because I use emoji copy all the time. Oh, yes. Just, so I always forget that there is actually one built into our devices. So. Yeah. Well, emoji really copy nice. gives you a whole lot more emojis. But if you're wanting just kind of your basics, they're there. Yes. Um, and another thing with the um, folders, um, 
the share settings, if you create a folder and you update the share settings where you know you want anyone with a link to view, the documents inside then will be by default that, which is nice because then you don't have to worry about the share settings as much if you create the whole folder to be that way. Yes, I love that tip. And I'm thinking like if I was wanted all sixth grade teachers mm -hmm. to have to have access to these documents in that folder, you know, go ahead and share it with those sixth grade teachers and then any documents that I put in, they would have access or parents right. go ahead right. and create the, anybody with the link setting and put anything that you're going to send to parents in that one folder. Yes, that is nice. Um, and then another thing that we talk to um, a lot is the shared drives and shared with me. Um, when it comes to shared with me, that's one of the things I don't, I don't even go in it. I'll just search at the top because that's the area that everyone wants to clean up. Um, don't yes. clean it up. Just leave it alone. Pretend it's not even there. Um, but the shared drives is nice if you're working like at a school level, a team level, and you don't want to worry about who created the document, who owns the document, somebody leaves or retires, then all of a sudden you don't have access to all the things they created. So um, just knowing the difference between those shared drives and the shared with me when you're in um, Google Drive. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, Google Slides. Uh -oh. I love Google Slides. So this can be, um, we're going to give you some tips, but we're also going to give you some creations, mm -hmm. some ideas for creation. So we'd love to hear how you're utilizing Google Slides in your classroom. So Pam, tell me some ideas. Give me some ideas of how we could use Google Classroom, or excuse me, Google Slides. I know one of the things that we've been doing a lot is creating um, Schoology banners um, and in um, Google Slides, because when you're looking at all of your Schoology courses, they look the same. Um, and the names, since you can't rename them, it is kind of nice to have something that's visual where you know which one is which. So just being able to be creative with um, what your name looks like in the course, the creating it in Google Slides is kind of nice. And you can do that in Google Drawings also, but we'll talk about that later. Yes, absolutely. Any other things that you just read off the top of your head? Um, outside of those templates that we get all the time from Slides Mania, Slides Carnival, um, yeah. those are amazing. So those two, and I think, I know we've shared that many times, but yes. it's always nice to, to, to say it again, just in case you didn't hear it the first. Slides Mania is my favorite. Yes, I, I love, we love Slides Mania, Slides Carnival. Mm -hmm. There's several other ones out there. I think those are just the one, the two that we use most frequently. Yes. And even in those, the kind of um, going into the, from the teacher standpoint, they have a lot of templates that are already created for if you're wanting choice boards so that it already links to the other slides right. or if you're wanting like a little breakout or um, there's there's tons of different templates out there. Um, I think a digital um, notebook right. is out there. Yes. So planners, all that stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. We're good. <laughs> yes. So I love the theme builder. One of the things that if you're wanting a specific font or color or pictures on every slide, you can create your own theme uh, and change those items and then it shows up on every slide and you're not having to go through each slide and change every color mm -hmm. and every font to the correct font. So there's a lot more to it than just fonts and colors, but that's kind of just to get you started. Mm -hmm. That's nice when you're coming up with school materials, because then if you want to use your school color, right. um, then you can always use the same colors. Um, and oh, in the grid view. I, that's one thing I think is so cool, especially if you have like a, um, a joint, if everyone's working on the same Google slide, um, and then they each have their individual slides. If you put it in the grid view, you can actually see what each kid is working on. Yep. So it is kind of nice to even for the students to look and see what they're working on. 
you know, it's just a, it's a cool feature and we don't ever pay attention to it because it's just that little grid icon on the very bottom left hand side where you can choose the film strip view or the grid view. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever go into grid view um, and you can make it different sizes too. So if yes. you're only wanting to look at two or two uh, slides, you mm -hmm. can change the size of it. So. Yeah. For teachers, I do think they probably use that a lot more. Um, usually when we're in slides, we're creating something right. for presentation purposes. Um, so yeah, for as a teacher, it would be nice to, to kind of have that view of all the students working. Yep. Changing the background, um, that's another feature that I feel like we don't use as much as we probably could. I know sometimes we hear teachers say, oh, they created a slide deck and their kids are moving things mm. that they don't want them to move. So if you create um, a slide and then just kind of download it as a JPEG or a PNG, and then you can just insert it as the background. If it's text or something that you don't want your kids to be able to maneuver, mm -hmm. then it gives them, it takes away that option of deleting uh, things off of a slide that you don't want deleted. Right. Yeah, and then from there, I've done it before, kind of like when you do a breakout room or something like mm -hmm. that, where you can add shapes over the top of certain yes. things and then make it where it's transparent so and then add a link to it yep. so that way they know when they click on that there it doesn't look like they're moving anything or that they can actually so it's, it's actually just a nice feature to keep the background one item without them moving things around like you were saying Linking slide decks. So this is another really neat one. And um, you definitely need to watch the video because I don't think I can quite mm -hmm. explain it to you the way the video that we've created will do that. But I know I hear a lot of teachers that want to use interactive notebooks, digital interactive notebooks, but they're they they're not completely done with the interactive notebook or they're like, but what if I want to add another slide in, but I've already sent it and my kids have made a copy of it. How can I go about um, getting my students that copy. But if you create a student version and then you have it make a copy in there, when you update it, the kids will see that little update button and definitely check out our show notes because the show notes will have the video link. But they, the kids, all they have to do is hit that update and it's going to update any slides or excuse me, anything on those specific slides. So the one thing you definitely have to do is if you feel like it's probably going to be about 20 slides, add in as many slides that you want. And then all the kids have to do is then go hit that update button. The only thing you can't do is add a complete extra slide. Does that make sense? Right. It has to be the same number of slides. Yes. 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 So. You taught me that because we use that for our um, PD calendar. Yes. So that way you can always have it updated, but you had to, yeah. So the right. video is definitely the way to go. Watch yes, the definitely video. Watch the video. <laughs> and then you'll understand it when you see it um, Yes, in action. Oh, I feel like we have so many tips. I hope we're not overwhelming you. So why would we use the activity dashboard that um, you're going to locate that in the top right hand corner? It looks like either like a lightning bolt or I think of the stock market going up with the arrow. When you click on that, you're able to see anybody who has viewed your document. So if you're wanting to know if kids have opened it or if maybe you've shared it within your entire school who has opened it, when you click there, it gives you a couple different options who you shared it with, or if you shared a link, then you're gonna click on all viewers and it's gonna give you all the viewers that have clicked on uh, your document and looked at it. So, and it gives it when when the last time they viewed it. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're wanting to know who or when 
you can click there. It also gives you like a viewer trend, which is kind of cool, especially if you're um, like sending something out and you're needing to know, are people opening it or really right. actually looking at it? Uh, it gives you the viewer trend and it'll show you the dates. And then if it'll tell you how many people opened it on each date. I so. like that. It's like having the analytics right within the document. Yeah, absolutely. And the sharing history. I do find that helpful because then, like you were saying, if a student shares it or a teacher, share, you know who it was that shared it. Um, so that's a nice, a nice option. You can even tell if it's they're able to edit, if they're able to view. So that's helpful. Okay, so how do you use uh, revision history? So I can, you can use revision history a couple different ways. Um, normally at the top of your document, it'll say last edited by, and it'll give you who. You can click there, or you can go into the file menu and locate your revision history there. A couple different ways that I see people using this. Um, sometimes we have the same document, but it's from year to year. And so maybe we don't need to make a copy and make those changes from year to year. Mm -hmm. We could just type over oh, that right. current document and you're able to save or name current um, versions of the document. So within that version history, if I wanted to name it like 2021, and then this year when I updated, it would be 2022. That way we don't have 15 of the same document with a few little changes. You really just have that one document and you've made those changes. Right. I think of like in the um, an ELA classroom when you're writing mm -hmm. kind of those different, you know, you have your draft and then you go right. in and edit and then you have your final, you can name it those also. The other thing that I like is um, it never fails that something accidentally gets deleted and you don't know. That's how I use it. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the document? So going in that version history, you can go back and find where it was, where that picture was, right. and then you can um, revert it back to that old version. Or from the teacher standpoint, sometimes, you know, I used to like that I it list all the students who were working on a document. And so I could click each student's name and it would show me what they did on that document. Or, if, you know, perhaps somebody deleted something. Mm -hmm. You could go back and see who had deleted it. Yeah, that's really helpful. And then there's like the little checkbox on the bottom where it says show changes. Yes. Then that's a nice way where you, I sometimes have to just click on each one and see what it looks like until I'm like, oh, that's where, it, that's when it happens. So let's just revert to that one. So it is helpful. So that was a lot of information. <laughs> and we realized as we were doing this, that because it was so much information, we're definitely going to have a part two because we did not get through half of oh the gosh, applications yes. that Google offers that we use on a daily basis. So check out our next uh, Google Refresher Part 2. Yes. And thank you for listening or watching the Innovation Squadcast. See you next time. Bye.